If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Football Full Circle right here on The Grid. Mike Blewett along with my buddy George Kurtz. George, uh, heating up this summer, heating up when it comes to returning back to NFL training camps, but we got a lot to talk about in that regard. Yes, we do, right? A couple, well, about a week. We heard the Rams today. The Rams are not going to open up on July 20th, even if the NFL okays it. So that's kind of interesting. You don't hear that too often of teams not taking advantage of when camp might open. Yeah, true. So there's a lot to go through in terms of all the business issues that are still unresolved. You, If you've watched this show, you can't say that we haven't been talking about this. We said it's going to get worse. We said they haven't figured the money out yet. And it is now July 24th, 5th, 6th weekend. And we haven't figured out the money yet. So one person I've been you should follow on Twitter. I, I give a shout out to him when anybody's doing good reporting like this is Tom Pelissero. He's from the NFL Network. He really has been on the NFL business issues all during this, all the COVID-related business logistics issues. And that didn't stop when it comes to some of the things that we're dealing with now. Now, George, there's some testing protocols in place, which is basically the uh, Chiefs and Texans earlier this week were to show up, get tested, go home. Uh, for a day, find out the results, then come back, get tested again, two false, uh, two actual negatives in a row, then you can come into camp. That's the way it was intended to be. That's the way most of the camps are intended to be. doesn't appear to be working out all that smoothly because of all the business-related issues that you have remained unresolved to this point. Nothing. We're all playing this by ear in, in some ways, right? What did we hear about in Major League Baseball? What happened on Thursday? One of the best players in the game, Juan Soto, tested positive for COVID earlier in the day. 
And Aaron Boone of the Yankees quarterback says, hey, stay away from the Washington National players. They've been exposed to this. I, you, how is this going to work in football? Same theory there. What if a player tests positive on a Sunday morning? You know, uh, with pregame stretching, stay away. Stay away from all their players. They've all been exposed, right? But you don't know which ones are going to get it because, what, the incubation period is 14 days? So mm -hmm. no one knows what's going to happen. We're all playing this by ear, Mike. In every yeah. sport, there's going to be weird stuff happen. You and I talked before the uh, show. And you were like, you know, they're just going to power through. You know, you get it? Too bad. And that's probably, you're probably right. That's what they're going to have to do. You get it? Too bad. Deal with it. You know, it's, yep. it's like, you go back to that, uh, it was at the good flow, the good fellows line. You know, you don't, you're not going to pay me poorly? You know, F you pay me. F you yep. pay me. Well, it's football, the same thing. Too bad. You're playing. You lost your whole offensive line? Too bad. You're playing. No cornerbacks? Don't care. You're playing. Find guys off the street. If you want to play this year, this is probably how the mentality is going to have to go. Yeah, agreed. So, Pelissero, on a couple of business issues here, a couple massive issues. Uh, while no one, as you can see his tweet here, while no one has set a deadline to account for a projected multi-billion dollar revenue shortfall, which can equate to somewhere in the neighborhood of ballpark $50 million per team, NFL owners, which will project towards next year's cap being lowered, NFL owners want to finalize a deal with the NFLPA before Sunday when Chiefs and Texans rookies are scheduled to begin strength and conditioning. So that's what I'm talking about. On the 28th, they're supposed to come in, test, everything else. What happens if there's no deal by Sunday? The CBA contains a no-strikeout lockout slash suit clause, but with no camp schedule agreed to, the NFL could potentially inform clubs that virtual work will continue indefinitely. So a big few days ahead. Uh, we hope that even by the time you might see this, that something will have uh, been resolved. So go on to issue number two. We'll stick with Tom Pelissero here. Negotiations are fluid, but NFL owners continue to push for an agreement to lower the salary cap in 2020 and 2021. Proposals the NFLPA and GMs believe could lead to a rash of veteran cuts and restructures before this season, sources say. The last thing, George, and then I'll let you comment. The NFLPA wants to spread the financial hit through 2030 rather than taking it now, and even a $10 million reduction, 10, not 50, just 10, in the 2020 salary cap would be, quote, too much at this stage, one GM said. Rosters are largely set. Many teams would be scrambling to free up money elsewhere. They want to lower the cap now for this year, George. This is crazy to me. Uh, there's obviously some things going on behind the scenes here. I think the NHLPA is probably uh, the NHLPA is probably NFLPA is probably right here in that why don't you spread it out over the entire CBA? Right? Eleven years. Spread it out. You got the new TV contracts coming in a couple of years anyway. They won't it, it won't even be a hit and once those TV contracts come in. Why now? And once again, I think what you said before, uh, during the break before we started the show is correct. I think the NFL, the owners are looking at it like this is a great time to get rid of some of those contracts. You know, we can restart everything. All the, everything has to start from scratch now. There'll be no more, no more $40 million quarterbacks. That's not going to happen because, once again, you can't afford it. They capped $120 million. You can't have a quarterback be a third of your cap. Not going to happen. So I think that's what's going on here. Uh, this is the beginning of what's going to be a brutal fight in my mind. We saw it in baseball between the players and the uh Play Association and the owners. Now we're going to see it in football. Hockey got it right. For whatever reason, they weren't able to do it and get it settled here. The fact that they settled the health and safety protocols, Mike, what, earlier this week? That was the easy part. It's always about the money, Mike, and that's going to be very difficult for both sides to come to any kind of are, I don't even know if those health and safety protocols are locked down yet. It's like a trial and error situation like what baseball went through. Uh, 13 teams actively have less than $11 million in cap space. 
that's a significant percentage of the league. They just doesn't have the $10 million to just get rid of. <laughs> so uh, welcoming in the radio audience as we uh, uh, sort of wrap up this topic. Let me get this straight. This is according to George Atala, an NFL uh, spokesman. He's the assistant executive director of external affairs. Let me get this straight. When players wanted to wait until safety protocols finished to come in, management set reporting dates before that was all done. Now that the coronavirus protocols are done, they leak a threat to shut down because they don't have the players' money. So, as you said, George, bitter fight ahead, as Tom Palacero said, a big few days ahead. Uh, hopefully we make some progress, but I don't feel confident at this moment that the Texans and the Chiefs can report on time. I think that'll get bumped back. Maybe that first game gets bumped back uh, or canceled. Or if we play any games right now, uh, preseason is, is already off. So a uh, lot to talk about. We'll continue it on the other side of this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Back on the grid. Thanks for joining us on Football Full Circle. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, on Instagram at SportsGrid TV. George, who is the recipient of all hate mail for this show, is at George Kurtz. Uh, I'm at Mike Blewett. Please send any niceties my way. So, um, all right, Green Bay Packers, we're going to talk about them today. Our producer, Brian Rakowski, just uh, noted during the break that they're putting in a bid for hosting the 2024 NFL Draft, or 2023 NFL Draft, one of those, in any event. Um, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's not a small town. They're not going to get the crowds maybe that you would get for other cities like Chicago was massive and Philly was super popular. Um, I, and other cities like Dallas and, and, and those will be immensely more popular for hosting a draft event. But if you're going to have it be a traveling circus, I don't really have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with it either. I don't care. I don't care. About, I don't care about all the pomp and uh, you know. If it was in Vegas this year, they're going to have players what ride in on a boat or something like that across uh, yeah. some you know fountain. I don't know. Maybe it's the blog. I really was rooting for it. So obviously, would drown. I didn't want to see anything serious happen. But come on, somebody I fell in the someone, water. I want to see someone slip, fall, and right you know take a bath. I, I, I would have felt bad if it were the draftee, but if you know. Roger Goodell takes a wrong Goodell, step. You know, Goodell sort of went in there. It's I, not I like care. it's it's not the ocean. It's, you can stand up. Wow. It's a fountain. And if anybody's been to Vegas, you know the Bellagio Fountain, the show they put on at night. It's a great show. Uh, I I actually enjoy watching that. But uh, I, it's listen, coming I to a close. By the way, they they were uh, they were really? going to stop. It. I was there. I was in Vegas last year, and it was uh, I didn't even know if they're doing it anymore. If they come out of this, I don't, I don't think they'll be doing it anymore. Not for any. Not for any. Conser- conservation reasons, but because that land is really valuable and they're putting another building on it. Oh, oh too bad. So yeah. I, I enjoyed that uh, last time I was there, which was two years ago. Uh, whatever. But like I said, when it comes to a draft, I just want to see the players be announced. All right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. I don't care that they're coming in on a boat. I don't know. What are they going to do in Green Bay? Coming in on a snowmobile? I don't know. Uh, whatever they're going to do here. I imagine like when it thinking. Good marketing yeah, right there. Listen, I know it's cold in Green Bay, but it's not snowing in April. Just roll in on a wheel of cheese. I don't know. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta think some wheel stuff. Of cheese. And a cheese uh, chariot of sorts. I don't know. I just think when it comes to this, though, we know what the NFL is about. It's about money. If they put up the biggest money, the draft will be in Green Bay. Yeah. All right. That, that's what way they're doing. If they're gonna rotate it around all the cities, maybe Green Bay's not your first choice, which it probably is not. You know, I imagine there's a lot of choice you'd rather have before that. Every big it's city. The smallest market. Right. Now, they may be uh, close to the bottom of the list as far as that, but money talks. Green Bay is a, a franchise that's been around forever. Right? Vince Lombardi, they'll get a Lombardi trophy. I think they'll get their shot eventually. I don't know if it'll be 24. Okay, so let's talk about the Packers. Not a lot of news stories going on with the Packers individually other than that. And obviously we talked about the uh, business hell that the NFL is in at the moment. But uh, we're going through the odds of every team. Uh, we've done this for just about every NFL team. We did it, uh, let's see, we did it post-free agency, we did it post-draft, and now we're doing it again, George, as we get a little bit closer. I'd like to have a better sense of how everybody is uh, looking or playing football or getting news from beat writers on how guy A looks or guy B looks, just to 
figure out some of the storylines, but we're really left to the team that was drafted and signed during the offseason. The Packers did not make a lot of moves at all. Uh, the most major move they made, obviously, is drafting Jordan Love, who will eventually be Aaron Rodgers' replacement. They didn't draft any skill position players for him. Geronimo Allison left, uh, who was a tertiary wide receiver for them. Uh, Brian Balaga left and moved on to the L.A. Chargers. Uh, really, min they lost Blake Martinez to the Giants, as well as Kyler Fackrell. So very minimal moves were made in free agency. <laughs> uh, the draft comes and... Boom, they, they draft Aaron Rodgers' replacement. It, I was stunned. Uh, I do not think he will sit as long as Aaron Rodgers himself sat uh, when that came up in 2005 and Favre extended his career, but it is what it is. Let's go over the odds. Uh, uh, to win the NFC North, uh, plus 175. To win the NFC Championship, plus 1,300. To win the Super Bowl, plus 2,500. And the win total is a healthy nine. Now, it's a 13-3 team last year, George, that you and I both think could take a step back. But that's a long fall back to be under nine wins, where the juice is right now at minus 140. This team sold their soul to win 13 games last year. I don't know how they did it. They weren't that good a team. Uh, just, they got on a roll, and get, I guess things went their way. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers played all that great last year. I don't. I don't think he had the weapons really to play great uh, for him. So I think the nine is a much more realistic approach. I'm not saying they can't get the nine. Maybe they can, but I don't think this is a anywhere near a 13-win team. I think this whole division is kind of whacked, where it's going to be, if, if anybody can get the 10 games, you win the division. Forget 13, you need 10 to win this division, and maybe not that. So I think it comes down to uh, question marks here. My first question is, you mentioned the draft. I'm not going to talk about Jordan Love, all right? I think we, uh, for most of us, we agree when you look at the salary cap at Aaron Rodgers, he's there this year, he's there next year. The year after that, that's what they can get out of that cap hell with Darren Rodgers. So that's what we'll see in yep. love. But I, uh, they also drafted the running back, right? I mean, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. So My guy. DC's own. And I understand, once again, you did this because why? Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams can both be free agents at the end of this year. So you're covering yourself. Best player available. You want to make sure you have a running back. But still, he's, you're not going to redshirt him. You're not going to tell him, ah, you know what, we'll just see you next year. You're going to sit on the bench all year. He's going to play. How's that going to be? You know, with Aaron Jones, who had the great year he had. So that's my first question for the Packers will be, how do they divvy up the snaps for Jones, Williams, and Dylan? I've seen that a, a, um, Williams, Jamal Williams, who I think has sort of been, Aaron Jones has been so good, scored so many touchdowns. It's just sort of been assumed that Jamal Williams isn't very good, which I don't think has been the case. He's been good in the limited action. I'm not saying he should get big free agency money or anything like that, but I've seen it mentioned in rumors about potentially being cut at the end of uh, this preseason. I don't really see the reason for that personally, unless there's things going on behind the scenes that we're unaware of, just because for him to not be a part of a three-man rotation I think they should take advantage of that. Now, I think A.J. Dillon's a really good back. I think he's better than Jamal Williams. Is he as versatile as Aaron Jones? No, but he's a really powerful running back. He didn't catch a lot of passes at BC, uh, but they also didn't really throw to him, sort of like a Zeke Elliott thing early in his career, right? We, nobody thought he could catch. They didn't throw it to him. They started throwing Zeke Elliott the ball 50 times a year. And like, hey, Zeke Elliott's pretty versatile. Now, I don't know what A.J. Dillon's that. But I think he could be a really good back uh, in the NFL, as evidenced by his second-round uh, draft status there. But what worries me, George, is 
it's the same question, right? We got Devonte Adams in here. Marquez Valdez Scantling disappeared last year. Alan Lazard kind of took his place, but did he really in a forceful way? I, they need these guys to step up. It is part that Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust them, but do you think Valdez Scantling, certainly for fantasy owners, he can be an interesting value because he's basically free? But Alan Lazard, um, I don't know. Do, do you think we, one of these guys steps up to be a real compliment to Adams, or is it somebody else at tight end position? Well, someone has to step up. Someone has to, because teams are going to look to take Adams out of the game any way they can. Double coverage, triple coverage. Now, I think, listen, I think Scantling, MVS, I think he's done. He had his chance, chance last year that did not work out. We've heard over and over again that Rodgers likes Lazard. I likes, well, I guess he, maybe they're close, maybe they're friends, whatever, but he likes throwing the ball to Lazard. I think that happens. They got Devin Funches there as well. But he's really like a, a tight end playing wide receiver. He's not a guy who's going to break down the field. He's a big target, big wingspan, that kind of receiver. And, you know, Jake Kumro, maybe. St. Brown, maybe. You mentioned the tight ends, but we're waiting for one of them to break out as well. Sternberg is going to get first shot at it. Maybe yes, maybe no. Deguera after that. But that's the question, Mike. Who? Give me who? That's why I think it's a little nuts for the Packers not to use Aaron Jones. He is that guy who can at least keep the offense moving here. If I had to bank on all these guys, Mike, I'll go with Lazard, but I don't have a lot of faith in it. I think the Packers made a huge mistake and a receiver strong draft to pretty much forget about that position. They didn't draft one at all. It was crazy. Forget the Jordan Love and uh, situation. I thought not getting a receiver there at all was really crazy. There were opportunities in the middle rounds to just take that. Uh, we'll, on the other side of this, we'll break down their schedule really quickly before we get into the Vikings because I think it's important to take a look at that. Uh, as far as their defense is concerned, I think there's plenty of talent there. I think they ran out of gas at the end of the year, and the Niners exposed them, ran right over them. They'll have to play better, but there's not a lot of new pieces. George and I will talk more about the Packers on the other side of this break on the grid. Come right back with us on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A radio audience to join the TV audience. And George, we were talking Packers here. So, um, Look, we, we we have the question marks. Their defense, they didn't really make any additions. They just frankly didn't. They have two seven-round draft picks. Uh, the big money that they spent last year, well, they, they signed Christian Kirksey. They had spent big money on Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith a year ago. Those did work out. The, their rash of signings did work out. The defense did improve. But I think it showed up against the Niners. They weren't quite a match for them. Now, we both expect them to regress. Do I expect them to regress below nine wins? I don't know. Uh, right now, the juice is to the, uh, uh, to the under at minus 140, again, on FanDuel. To make the playoffs, yes is minus 130, no is plus 108. So you have this weird thing where people are expecting under nine, but yes to make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know really how you, <laughs> I don't know really how you bargain that personally. I think if they're under nine, they're out of the playoffs. In the NFC, I understand there's an extra team, but the NFC is stronger. We expect a few stronger teams. But as you've said, this division is pretty funky. Um, but let's go. Let's go through the schedule a little bit, so you can give me your thoughts here. Uh, ripping off that first month at Minnesota, Detroit, at New Orleans, Atlanta. Early bye week, so that first month. And again, we have to assume the schedule is going on as is. We understand that there could be mitigating circumstances in terms of the length of the season and when the games are played, but we have to go with what's in front of us right now. We do. And uh, I'll go a little further. Forget the first month. Let's go the first eight games. Yeah. All right. Then it go, go, goes through the bye week. Survive. You better survive because it's a gauntlet. I mean, uh, at Minnesota, Detroit, at New Orleans, Atlanta, at Tampa, at Houston, Minnesota, at San Fran. And they get another mini bye. That San Fran game is at least a Thursday game. So you yep. get that 11 days. Uh, I mean, Mike. It's in San Fran. That's not it's great. It's a loss. All right, San Fran crushed you. So it's a loss. But at least you get the 13 days after, 11 days after it. Um, man, I'm telling you, man, I think if you go 4-4, four and four, you're thrilled. I mean, if you go 4-4, four and four, I think you're very happy with what you did here. Because the schedule does get easier in the second half. But maybe you can get, go on a 6-2 and two run. Uh, something like that. Because... I mean, I can easily see them going one and three in their first three games, one and four. You throw that Tampa Bay. I don't think Houston's a, a gimme either. You know, they play Minnesota. You always see the split with Minnesota, and that San Fran game's a loss. Yeah. So I think they're going to be thrilled if they can go four and four. But three and five, 
does not shock me in their first eight. Yeah, it's not easy. They have a road games at Indianapolis. Again, we're we're not going to have fans or at least uh, big portions of fans at a lot of these games. New Jersey, by the way, earlier this week announced that there will be no fans at Giants or Jets games or at Rutgers football games. Insert your jokes here on the success of the teams and how many fans would want to go see them. But MetLife Stadium is mostly full every weekend, regardless of how bad those teams are. So, um maybe the home teams don't have as big an advantage as normal. That being said, I find it hard to believe that they won't be a playoff team. I think he Rogers as much as there are a lot of people that prop Aaron Rodgers up, but I think equally there are a lot of people that are taking shots at Aaron Rodgers that are aggressive. I think he plays it more conservatively than he used to. So he's good to not turn the ball over. Is he the Aaron Rodgers of 2013 and before? No, but none of these guys are. Tom Brady's not the same guy. Drew Brees isn't the same guy. But um, I don't know. I find it hard to believe they're going to fall that far back, be an 8-8 eight and eight team. I just don't see it. So I would have them to make the playoffs. Uh, well, you said it earlier. To make the playoffs, they have to win the division. Because no, I don't see a wild card coming out of this uh, division. I just don't. Even with the extra uh, team, I mean, either Dallas or Philadelphia be in the wild card. Even though New Orleans or Tampa Bay will be in the wild card, you throw Seattle or San Fran. That's three teams right there. And there are other teams. The Rams, will be, I think, will make some noise. Arizona will make some noise there. I think Atlanta is going to make some noise. And this schedule is just brutal to me. I mean, it's just brutal here. And once again, for the Green Bay, I think they – I mean, selling their soul may be a little hard on them last year, but they they won games they shouldn't have won. Yeah. You know, things went their way here. And how many gimme games do they have this year? We go, oh, yeah, Green Bay is going to win this. I don't see one gimme – until Jacksonville in week 10. You know, you give it a look sure. to Chicago at home. I'll give you that. That's a gimme. That's two. Carolina, okay, three. That's it. But, look, the bottom line is you look at this roster from last year to this year, you absolutely can make the argument this roster is worse. Oh, I think it absolutely is worse. So, you know, you already went over their did. defense. They got no better. They, got no, they did not get anything better out of the draft. They didn't do much of free agency. They lost yeah. players here. You're never going to be able to convince me this is a better team than last year. And I think last year was incredibly lucky here. It's why I keep going over and over again. If there's one team that was going to go worst to first, I think it's this. I think this is the division because there is no top team in this division. We're not huge believers in Detroit, but you'll see why as we'll go. We'll uh, transition over to the next team now, Minnesota Vikings. So the Vikings odds right now are, George, you can pull those up on FanDuel for me. Um We'll go through the Vikings odds right now. I'm going to go it backwards a little bit. So to make the playoffs, we have the Vikings at minus 130, yes, plus 108, no. That's the exact same odds as the Packers. So it says a lot about the way the betting markets are. And you'll see there's some other similarities as well here. Minnesota to, uh, to uh, for wins, they are a, a shade lower than the Packers. So they're at eight and a half. It's minus 135 to the over. The under is plus 115. So the betting market likes the Vikings right now, based on what we're seeing, to edge out the Packers, right? Although that half, that hook, means a lot. Packers getting to 10 wins is a lot different than the Vikings getting to 9. It's just different when you're talking the, the micro edges that you get uh, in terms of season-long wagering. That does make a difference. You're more like, likely to bet on the team with a half a win less. As far as their NFC Championship odds, Minnesota sits at plus 1,300, which is identical to the Packers, 
And in terms of Super Bowl odds, the Packers were at plus 2,500, and the Vikings matched that. So nearly the entire betting market for these two teams is nearly identical, George, with the exception of the 8.5 versus the 9 wins. Yeah, I'm not so sure Minnesota gets there either. You know, once again, I think they're a solid team, but they've also had, uh, what do you want to call them, defections? Guys who have left during Francie that they really haven't replaced yeah. yet. The offensive line's always been so-so. What's going to happen with Dalvin Cook? Is he going to follow through on his threat, Mike? I don't know. I don't think he will, but he might decide not to play. I don't think Kirk Cousins is good enough to uh, do it all by himself. They lost Stephon Diggs, which I think is a huge loss. I know they drafted Justin Jefferson, but you and I go over it over and over again that it takes time for a first-year wide receiver to make that kind of impact. Kyle Rudolph is more of a plotter. You know, not a guy, he's not nowhere near like a Gronkowski type or uh, Travis Kelster or anybody like that. I think this offense is going to be in some trouble. If Dalvin Cook, I listen, I like Madison, I do. I think Madison's a good backup running back, and he could start for a lot of teams, but he's not Dalvin Cook. If Cook were to hold out, I think this team is in a whole mess of trouble. Yeah, it, that is a, I think people are forgetting about this, right? Because he said it a while ago, and nobody's been around. And then when camp shows up and Dalvin Cook's not there, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Dalvin Cook's not there. Uh, in terms of their defense, so they drafted more players than any other team. I think that hurts them. Now, a lot of them were sixth and seventh round picks. I get that. But 15 players drafted. It's the most in the league. Mike Zimmer's obviously going to want to work with a lot of these young players. And a lot of these young players came in because of trades that were made and additional compensation from free agents that had previously left. And they cleaned out basically their whole defensive backfield this year. Now, the starters are the same. You got Mike Hughes, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris. He had the franchise tag that was rumored in trades, which was weird, rumored in trades and extensions in the same offseason, which I was like, uh, I don't think they're going to extend this guy if you were talking about trading him all during draft night. I, I, I don't think so. It's just my, call it my intuition, but I didn't think they were going to extend him. And Jeff Gladney was their first round draft pick corner out of TCU. So they drafted pretty heavy to the defensive side of the ball. But again, after the first round pick of Justin Jefferson, they went pretty heavy uh, defensively. Now, drafted a left tackle in Ezra Cleveland to potentially take over for Riley Reif. I, they are a team with a whole bunch of good defensive players on it, George. And there's no juice on offense. The juice left. Adam Thielen's really good. Dalvin Cook's a really good running back the type of guy that could actually get a pretty big deal on the open market if he stayed healthy again this year. Somebody could do it. Not a lot of teams, but he's that good. He's one of the few that might actually get uh, a pretty big deal. Minnesota, they're not willing to do it right now. They're tough. I, I don't think any, there's any way they're going to do it with all this uncertainty regarding the cap now, especially it's getting messier as we get closer. Derrick Henry, <laughs> he probably had his fingers crossed. That deal came in just in time. Chris Jones, too. All these mega deals that happened right before the stuff hit the fan is pretty crazy. But I, I think that's just where I'm at, George. Like, all right, I guess they can make the playoffs. Good for them. They made the playoffs. They beat the Saints. It was a big upset. But do I think that they've made enough improvements to challenge for an NFC championship again? I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think they do make the playoffs. And once again, their schedule is even it looks like it might be more brutal than Green Bay's. But when I think of Minnesota... And this all goes back to Diggs. You know, when you think of the NBA, you can't have a whole bunch of shooters. You need someone to get these guys the ball. In baseball, you don't want a whole bunch of power hitters. You need guys to get on base for the power hitters to drive in. You know, in hockey, you can't have, once again, you can't have a whole bunch of shooters. Someone's got to get them the puck to be able to shoot the, the puck in the net. 
And for Minnesota, they have the outlying players. Gavin Cook, good running back. Cubs is a good enough quarterback. Thielen's a very good wide receiver. I don't mind rooting with tight end. Who's going to blow a tub up the defense, though, so that the safeties have to back up? Right now, there's nobody there. Those safeties are playing within 10, 12 yards of a line of scrimmage. Devin, it's going to affect Cook. It's going to affect Thielen. It's going to affect the entire offense. They don't have that player right now. I know Diggs drove him crazy, Mike. I do. We all saw that last year. You know, I don't want to play for this team. I want to play for this team. Yes, no. I get it. He was a, I don't want to say a basket case. He certainly wasn't Antonio Brown, but he gave you some headaches here. And yes, you got great value for him in the deal, but you haven't replaced him. And I'm not saying replacing the top kind of player. You haven't replaced what he can do, and that is the, the Sean Jackson type. Who could extend the field? You don't have that right now. Yeah, you don't have to have the identical player. We both like Justin Jefferson. Think he'll be a really could be a really good NFL wide receiver. Does he have the exact same explosive skill set as Stephon Diggs? I don't know. I like Justin Jefferson a lot. I think they they did a nice job. But Stephon Diggs was a mid round talent that became a a star, and Justin Jefferson. Ain't there yet. He's a rookie. What are you going to do for one year? We'll come back. We'll talk more about the Vikes and then the Bears next on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on the grid, Mike and George talking about the NFC North today. We're just wrapping up the Vikings, how it's funny, the Packers and the with all the similarities in the wagering market regarding the Packers and the Vikings, we sort of feel the same way about these two teams. Like, yeah, they're pretty good. There's a bunch of talent on there. Do I think they're anywhere near good enough to beat any of the teams that are going to challenge for a title in the NFC? No. And we're talking about those NFC East teams that were not inspiring at all last year, George. Uh, Wentz obviously got knocked out in the playoff game. Uh, The Cowboys were so bad that they had to fire their head coach. And we think both of those teams are more inspiring than are the Packers and the Vikings, right? We think the NFC East could be a two-team playoff division after being a total mess last year, and that this NFC North division, which plays two teams, and the Bears really falling flat on their face and still kind of scraping out a whole bunch of wins, um, we just think that division is going to be far worse. And maybe it's because of the schedule that you mentioned. So the Vikings schedule starts with Green Bay at Indianapolis, first Tennessee, at Houston, at Seattle, Atlanta. Got a couple of swing teams in there, which we've used as a generic term to talk about teams where like, I'm not really sure. I don't know how good the Texans will be. I don't know how good Atlanta's going to be. But they, neither of those teams would stun me if they made the playoffs. Neither would stun me if they went 6-10, and 10, right? I agree. I think uh, I'll just hedge my bets, though, with those two, two teams at Houston, Atlanta. You could probably go 1-1. One and one. Yeah. I don't think you'll beat both. I don't think you'll lose to both. Actually, I probably would more lean towards I wouldn't be surprised if you lose to both. This is another brutal schedule. I mean, forget the division games, all right? Uh, that, that, those are what they are. Indianapolis, Tennessee, Houston, Seattle, Atlanta. I mean, once again, where's the game you go, that's a W. I know we're winning this game. They don't have that. They probably, yeah. have, once again, go to week 12, Carolina. That's probably the game you're counting on winning. Carolina, bad team, bad defense. You're playing at home. Jacksonville the next week, same thing. Other than that, everything else is a grind. After the bye week, is when, which is in week seven, is when they're going to have to try to make a real push. They're going to have three divisional games in a row at Green Bay, Detroit, at Chicago. Then they play Dallas, which they would have to get a win if they're going to be any kind of a good team. Then Carolina, Jacksonville at home. So that sort of six-game stretch there is when, like, if they can get into a five-and-one there, we know that the Vikings are a pretty good team, even if the beginning of the season was like a, a three and three situation. You know what I mean? Like those are the types of games that are going to have to rip off a whole bunch of wins, but it requires nearly sweeping the division and, and everything else. They're going to close out at Tampa, Chicago, at New Orleans, at Detroit. Um, again, nine and seven. Yeah, I, I feel better about their over than the Packers for all the reasons we've been talking about for the last couple of segments, George. It's just... I, I think they have a better chance to get to nine than the Packers do to 10. That's why the odds reflect that right now. It's why I believe, like I said, this, is, this division is the race to 10. If anybody gets to 10 first, you'll win. I think you might win easy. It might only take nine wins to win this division with this schedule, with these teams. There are no great teams here. I don't think any wild card team is coming out of this division. I would be very surprised, even with the extra wild card, 
if an extra team comes out here. I think, once again, as far as winning the division, you better win the games you can win. Oh, you should win, I should say. You know, those games have to be W's there. And probably take advantage of your division, which means take advantage of Detroit, take advantage of Chicago, the two teams that we believe are still weaker, not weak, but weaker than Minnesota and Green Bay. And the odds are not crazy long on Detroit. I'm just saying if you want a 6-1 to one bet that's a little bit of juice there, that could be interesting. We're not huge believers in Detroit, but they made a lot of changes more changes than anybody else. They still have a bunch of cap room, which really reflects more on next year. Well, actually, considering what we talked about in the first segment, maybe it does matter. They have like $31 million in cap space. I think only Cleveland has more, uh, even though that's fluctuated slightly. Uh, Well, they're top five. They have $22 million left in cap space. So, you know, it, it could play a role. I don't expect it to, even despite the doomsday stuff that we talked about in the first segment. That's why I think Detroit could be the interesting pick because it's happened 15 of the last 17 years. We like Detroit as potentially the team most likely uh, to go worst to first. Uh, let's switch it over to the Bears. Boy, the Bears. It's a good team to Not talk Bears. about. Um, I'm just going to go with the big three questions. Is Matt Nagy going to survive the year after this year? Is he the Bears head coach in 2021? I'm going to say no. I don't think they're going to make I think. Because of what we're going on here, that this is not a great division here, that Minnesota and Green Bay have taken steps back, that division's within grasp. If they don't win it, I think they move on. Uh, even if you believe that Nagy should be given more chances, it's not what we've seen in today's NFL. We just don't see it. There's been problems here, right? Uh, Trubisky didn't work out. Whether that, that's on Nagy or the uh, the GM. He may it's be Ryan gone Pace. as well. I think, once again, I think it could be a house cleaning after this year. Trubisky gone. Nagy gone. Pace gone, 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 gone. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. And we'll we'll let's talk about their odds real quick uh, to win the NFC North plus three fifty. So odds aren't long there. But as George and I were talking about prior to talking about the Bears uh, pre-show meetings, they are a public team. You always have to remember that with Chicago. If you looked at Chicago's odds last year to win the Super Bowl and everything else, right near the top of the board. They were coming off a 12-win season. Uh, they had the double doink to lose uh, the playoff game. And then there was a lot of positive momentum. Well, maybe Mitch in year two under Nagy, he'll be good. Mitch wasn't good. The offense was terrible as a result of quarterback play. And um, those odds fell apart. But they were uh, one of the top two or three teams. It's hard, around this time last year, it was New England the Bears, and the Chiefs. Those were the top three teams that were the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl. Think about that a year ago. So anyway, plus 350 to win now, to win the NFC Championship, plus 2,000 to win the Super Bowl, 40 to 1 and plus 4,000. Uh, the win total is eight, under minus 125. So despite them being a public team, their betting market is a fan of them. To make the playoffs, yes, plus 146, no, minus 178. Uh, you talked about a potential house cleaning. So the next big question, which everybody's going to ask about this team right up until kickoff, who plays more games at quarterback? Uh, I, I guess give, uh, Foles, I'll give you the over-under on Foles. Uh, eight and a half games. I think they're both going to play. I, I do think they'll both start games. I don't think it's going to be one guy over the other. I mean, I think you bring in Foles to be the starter. I, and I'm not a Foles guy. Anybody ever listens to me, reads me or anything, I am not a Foles believer. All he's done is play well in Philadelphia. No place else, I understand, last year, not really fair. Got hurt early on. 
Uh, I just don't think he's the man to lead this team out of troubles here. I don't think their quarterback of the future is on the roster. I think they'll need to go out and get somebody uh, mm-hmm. next year. Foles, over under eight and a half. I'm going to go the over, but barely. So do you think Mitch starts the season or if Foles starts the season and they go back and forth, back and forth? Because then that team is going to be really bad. Oh, I think the first question I need to ask is, there's going to be no spring training. There's going to be no preseason game. So we're not going to see these guys in games. I'm not so sure how much of a training camp we're going to have. I think that's going to be shortened as well. But we're not going to see many padded practices. Trubisky knows the offense. I think he has the advantage to start the season. I think pretty much Trubisky starts it, and maybe Nagy wants to give him one last shot, see what happens here. And then I think one thing I'll give him as far as whoever starts. It's not just Nagy, too. It's Ryan Pace, the GM. Yes. He he moved all the picks. He took Mitch over a guy that just got a half a billion dollars. It's He's tied to it forever. But look that, at that mistake was made. They passed on Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. Oops. And you traded up with Trubisky. Trubisky. Uh, Your first couple of games, Detroit, Giants, Falcons, Indianapolis is rough, Tampa, Carolina, Rams. Whoever starts the season for them does have an advantage there of not all great. Thursday nighter against Tampa, too, at home. Tampa might be a far superior team, but they'll be on three days rest. You get that advantage there. So I think whoever does start for them has the advantage of you're playing lesser teams before it gets tougher. New Orleans, Tennessee, Minnesota, Green Bay. You know, that, that little stretch there in midseason is not going to be fun as far as the defenses you're playing. But I think you would think it would be cool. I mean, if you would ask me three months ago, I thought it was Foles who was going to start because that's why you signed him. That's why you brought him on, right? You had no, no more faith that Trubisky would receive grief from everybody. But now because of how this offseason has gone, I think Trubisky has a chance again. Maybe they do just battle it out. In August, and with a better player or whoever Nagy believes the better player plays, I do wonder if Pace's. I mean, he's got stakes in both guys, right? He drafted Trubisky, but signed Foles. Well, I don't know which one if he's going to sort of force Nagy to play one or the other. I don't know what ownership is thinking here, you know. But I got to think the pressure's on all. I mean, really, all of these guys, including Foles, yeah. to play and play well. Yeah, it's unfortunate because the Bears built the team how. The NFL was setting up to build teams. Let's acquire all the defensive talent. We'll be really good on defense. We'll draft a young quarterback. We'll be on the cheap. And by his second, third year, we'll be cruising. And we're going to win the freaking Super Bowl. It's what Philly tried to do. It's And they won with Nick Foles, ironically, not Carson Wentz. Uh, but here's where they are. They... It, they executed their plan, and the one piece that they you really need to work isn't working right now. Buffalo's doing it right now, too. I don't know that's going to work there either. But they have tons of defensive talent. They are acquiring weapons for the cheaper rookie quarterback. I don't know if he's good enough. I really don't. You and I have our doubts. But Buffalo's built the same way that Chicago tried to build it. So... Um, they drafted Cole Komet. They had, like, no draft picks, the Bears. That's the other thing. Khalil Mack and Mitch Trubisky and all this stuff, it just – they had virtually no draft picks. They dra- they have Jalen Johnson uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Cole Komet on the offensive side of the ball. So they get a tight end to add to one of their eight tight ends are on the roster, one of whom they just released. Shout-out to Ben Broniker. Uh, but they didn't really add anybody. This is the team. So they added Foles. That's going to be it. 
can Nagy get the offense to work with Foles better than he had it with Mitch? I'll ask you two more questions uh, as we wrap this up. The first one's a big matzo ball. Well, first one, I'll give you an easy one first, George. Is Allen Robinson the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL? Oh, he very well might be. When you think okay, about it, right? he picked up the numbers he put up last season with Mitch Trubisky, who we were killing, right? Who we were yeah. killing because he was so awful. And yeah. yet he put up those numbers here. And he plays on a slow field, too, right? Slow turf in the Soldier Field. Yeah. Not that he's an artificial turf. So if he's not, Mike, he's certainly top three, top five. So you got that. Uh, obviously, you got Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, backfield. Uh, questions there. I think it's good enough to produce yardage. Uh, we, we obviously don't like the production we got out of either guy last year. Uh, the last one, I'm going to let you take this to the break. If Mitch goes in there, plays well during the softer part of the schedule as you set it up, and keeps the job, and it's like, you know, he's good enough. We don't need Foles in there right now. Do they keep Mitch around? Do they keep him? Uh, you mean, are they signing him past this year? Yeah. I mean, you talk about cap situation that we've already talked about. What before. if he Tannehill's it? If he okay, that's that's a good. If he Tannehill's it, uh, if he Tannehill's it, that probably means they win the division, right? Because yeah. the, the way I'm looking at it, like the division's weak, they would win it, and in that case, they wouldn't wouldn't get a top draft pick, right? They would not be picking in the top ten. They might pick him in the twenties then. So, yes, then I think you probably do have to roll the dice there. I think it would be a contract that would be where they can get out of it after two years, something like that, where you know, it might be lots of upfront money, but it's structured where they can, they can move on in two years in case they're wrong. But, yes, I think they would have to pay him because there'd be no other options. What are you going to do, stick with Foles, who couldn't beat him out in the first place? Franchise. He finally shows some progress. Franchise route, probably not. Not if the owners win there this uh, Imagine. Mitch Trubisky. $37 million from Mitch yes. Trubisky. Imagine. Can't do it if the cap's going down next year. I don't like to watch Rome burn, but I would love to see that. I would love to see Mitch play great. I would love it for many reasons. Come back. We'll close out the hour. Next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, 
I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Well, it wouldn't be an hour of football full circle if we didn't talk about a controversial topic, at least this offseason. Now, um, the Washington Football Clubs, the Washington Football Club, excuse me, has finally stopped using their official letterhead of the previous team named George, and they've actually transitioned into, they got a new Twitter handle, the Washington at Washington NFL, the Washington football team. So as you can see in this tweet right here, it begins here, Washington, old red burgundy letters behind the gold background. And that's what the uniforms are going to look like, actually. So they're, they have decided, and look, people are banging on them for not having a nickname. There's a lot of trademarks and lawyerly stuff to go through to have to try to approve a nickname, despite the fact that People seemingly wanted him to do it in the next month. I don't really have a problem with them going absent a name for this season. Uh, they're sticking with the colors that they've had forever, just removing all logos, just going to say Washington on it. So sort of generic, the type of thing you might have seen in a bad football movie, like any given Sunday or something like that. But that's it. They're moving forward. Same color scheme, no nickname. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is, uh, there's some legalities going on here. A lot of these trademarks were, uh, they were trademarked. A lot of the nicknames, they were trademarked. And this was going on back years. Fans or people knew they were going to eventually have to change their name, so they trademarked the nicknames they might possibly choose there. They're going to want to put the, uh, the numbers of the players on the helmet. I think that's what I heard they're going to do today. Uh, the first thing I think of is, uh, you said Washington football team. So the abbreviation is WFT. Well, you know, you reverse the F so and the T. Close. You reverse so the F and the T, you sort of get the truth there of what's so going close. on here. You know, so as in, well, you know, I'm going to let people who know the abbreviation for that when you uh, do your little texting figure out where I'm going with there as far as that is. We talked about their sexual harassment scandal last week. Um, obviously, they would be reprimanded in some way. They're doing an internal review, which the NFL is seemingly allowing them to do, but whatever. Idiotic. It seems a mess. But it's independent, Mike. Yeah, right. 
It's not independent when you're paying the bills. So, anyway, that's all we got. That's the team. Burgundy and gold. They're sticking with it. Name on the helmet. It's pretty old school. It's not going to look bad, George. No, look, you, you said it perfectly. It's like when it's in a movie and the movie didn't have the rights. They yeah. don't have the rights to uh, to use a certain like uh, name. The, the so replacements. Like the replacements or... Uh... Is that, that's the, yeah, the replacements, the one with Keanu Reeves. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's it for this edition of Football Full Circle. On behalf of Brian Rakowski and George Kurtz, I'm Mike Blewett. Get on. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.